Does anybody does anybody want to have a cold open or anything that they? I don't have a cold open, so yeah. I'll just I guess we'll just I'll pull a hot take from the show and put it in I the like front. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and go on record and say it's gonna be something Tom says. Okay, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's yeah. always something Tom says. I didn't know I was crushing it. Happy to hear. <laughs> Well, good evening and welcome to episode 107 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is Michael Bodigheimer. Hey there, Michael. This is Townsend. <laughs> this is the artist formerly known as Lay Tom Tom Vandergiven, but I have since renounced my French heritage after Julian Olive Philippe's Liege, Bastogne Liege performance. Smart move. Oh man, you know that's such a bummer, Tom. Because because in the group chat, we we were rolling, we were laughing. You you had turned French uh, after Ella Philippe won the world championships, and then I mean this leads us right into agenda item number one. So we're just gonna get into it. Um, obviously, we a lot of stuff has happened in this cycling season that we kind of missed, but we're gonna hit some hit some of the greatest hits. So Tom, I mean um. Al Philippe posts up too early and Roglic pips him on the line. Tom, you denounced your fandom. Why? Not even my fandom, just French culture in general. I had to I had to send back the <laughs> French the- flag that I ordered. I melted all of my French butter and I, I dumped it in the compost heap. Uh, I shaved my goatee. Um, I threw and- ratatouille away. And it was just, wow. I don't know if I'm ever going to get past it. Yeah, you I mean, lost me. You lost me at melting your French butter. I wouldn't go quite that far. You uh, lost me I, at throwing your butter in the compost, bro. You can't put fat in the compost. Come on. Oh, shit. Sorry, I'm American. Let me tell you, I was one step ahead of you, though, with that, Tom, because honestly, I was, you know, just like you. I was, I was, you know, wee oui, wee, oui, je suis Francais, jumping on the French bandwagon. <laughs> I I renounced my French citizenship when I saw that fucking ugly ass bike that they put Ala Philippe on. Yeah, but that that was a specialized bike. That was an American made bike. So well, you should renounce. Well, you probably already renounced your American citizenship. Well, but yeah, I've I've certainly renounced my specialized <laughs> citizenship. Is Vanderbregen on the same bike? Is it the same trashy Valverde a- paint job? That's a good uh, question. Um, yeah, that is a good question, and I don't do know they... the answer to it. No, no, no woman would be caught dead on a bike that ugly, though. I bet you they're identical. I gotta say, and I said this on Twitter, and I'll put it on the podcast. That bike had a baboon ass. I mean, that's <laughs> like <laughs> it was red at the end at at the at the seat stay chain stay junction which to me is the ass part of the bike i mean i guess maybe the ass part of the bike is the saddle but still it's a baboon ass looking bike and he pulled a baboon move um well yeah you know somebody posted something suggesting that perhaps and this was a weird conspiracy as to why that bike w- had the colors so the colors were out of order right that was right, one of the yeah. things about it that was messed up and 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 also that just looked stupid because yeah putting the the yellow and red right at the end of the frame of the bike just didn't work for a variety of reasons. And not the least of which is that the, the colors were totally out of order. I mean, it was just, it was wrong in, in every kind of way, but someone was suggesting that maybe they had to do that because the UCI might somehow own the, the, the mark of the, you know, of the rainbow flag. But I can't imagine that if you're the world champ and you're wearing the jersey that is sanctioned by the UCI that has their marst all over it, their their rainbow flag. Because it's actually not a rainbow, right? It's, you know, it's... it's. Well, that's how they were able to trademark it, because it's not an actual rainbow. That's right. So, but, but it seems like if you're the world champ, they would let you use the colors in that order on the bicycle. So, so I, I, what's the order? Because it's not red at the back, it's yellow at the back. I'm looking at it right now. 
Right. So it's we. we this was a. This was a. Uh, one of Sercherio's uh, quiz questions. Uh, we want. Would you want to know the the actual order of the world championship? Yeah. Well, from top to bottom, it goes blue, red, black, oh, yellow, yeah, okay. green. Yeah, it's super wrong. Which is okay. Br- br- that's not even. It's not even. It's not even like a Roy. It's not even a Gbiv. It's nothing. Um, <laughs> So Townsend, I mean, obviously the UCI is going to try and squeeze money out of each situation they can. So yeah, making the world championships team license their rainbow to put on their apparel seems like something they would do. So I can well, see that that's why they changed the color of the bike. Yeah, I, think- I-, I will say this. They should have paid the UCI what they wanted to use the freaking <laughs> <laughs> the real rainbow because they you know whatever they just you know they ended up with a dog and that's the last i'll say about it i don't want to you know get right get, you know like too harsh on that well bike, let's but. let's let's get some 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 quick hot takes on that on alaphilippe posting up at liege bastogne liege first race post um winning the world championships you know obviously winning that next race winning a classic in the jersey is something that any cyclist wants to achieve alaphilippe I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you guys take from that situation? Um, what do you guys well, got? I'll, I'll go first because I know Tom's going to come in and mop up here because he probably is the one that knows how it actually all went down from a racing perspective. But I, I, obviously, Alaphilippe didn't see and didn't realize um, that Roglic was was that close. His attention, I think, was focused on. I'm already forgetting who ended up. Uh, we had a uh, we had Hershey, Hershey and Pogachar and Pogachar. Okay, so so Pogacar. I think his attention was focused on the fact that he just basically hacked down on Hershey and ruined his race, and ultimately ended up getting relegated for for that for that maneuver. Um, so I just I think he thought the race was between him and Hershey, and maybe maybe he saw Pogachar, you know, on his left, but he was like completely oblivious to what was happening uh coming from behind on his right and and obviously just didn't see it i mean it was stupid he should have realized there were four guys that were fighting it out for the win and one of them was the guy who you know a week before everybody basically thought was going to win the tour de france you know so it was like no slouches in that group so you know you got to be chill and yeah i mean hothead man you know he just uh to you know just yes it's not like he thought he was going to beat pogachar he just didn't see him i mean thought he was going to beat roglic you just didn't see him coming but you know man you gotta you gotta you know if it's that close you gotta keep your hands on your bars and and, and you gotta you gotta ride through and, and win the race Oof, man hated to see that in a way but well deserved honestly tom that was the worst like that that's gonna live on in cycling lore forever there is no worse loss than that (laughs) i i mean somebody email bodie with a worse loss than that but like (laughs) your first chance in the rainbow bands not only do you arrogantly post up from like a hundred meters out he was nowhere near the line he gets pipped on the line first race in the rainbow jersey after being a complete dick and screwing up hershey who would have won a million percent hershey was going to win that race yes gets relegated for like just six different ways to sunday that was just the worst loss in history yeah and he was just tired he was arrogant he was french and he just like you like watching it in real time i was like that's really far from the line. He shouldn't post up there. Yep. Yeah, we're all just okay. like, I think Pogachar, I mean, I think Roglic won that race, guys. Pretty yeah, you, sure Roglic won. Like, you could tell from the head-on angle. It's yeah. just like, oh, oh, that just happened. I've never actually seen that happen live. And for it to happen in arguably one of the biggest one-day, arguably the biggest one-day race on the calendar, well, first race in, in rainbow after the it happened move, in the women's like, peloton last year in a pretty big race where marianne voss pipped somebody right at the line but yeah. was it was it, it and that was for the win too wasn't it, it that was in the that was in the yeah it was in the giro rosa it was the australian uh Lucy Kennedy? scott rider yes 
think yeah, it was, it was up a climb. Yep. Uh, yeah, she had That's a gap, right. and but um, so but it was a stage, you know. It, it wasn't was a stage. Best on the age. Age. No, it wasn't so a monument. You, I mean, well, wait, we've we guys, we had a we had a people can't see this because they're just listening to it. It's a podcast. There, you know, that is the nature of a podcast. We had a voice from the closet join That's right. us. Uh, who, who's, uh, who's that, uh, who's that just, just peek their, uh, peek their Sorry, this is a cheerio, uh, straight from the kitchen. Cheerio. Yeah. You were, uh, you were nuking in the cuking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, to all our Belgian fans. <laughs> we apologize. I taught hey. them some Dutch before the show and they're already amusing. Oh, I don't know what that means, but, uh, I, I assume it's good. Yeah, <laughs> you'll it's find great. out by the angry emails that we get. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, did anybody in, did anybody mention that? So okay. So Alaphilippe got relegated to the back of the group, right after the finish. Yeah. yeah. And so three of the top four were from Slovenia. That's right. crazy. Right. That's completely insane. Yeah. I I don't understand how that happens. And a uh, country of two million people. Wait, Roglic, Pogacar, and who was the third? Matejk Morik. Mahoric. Oh, that's right. That's right. Morik, was... who really, really won the race for, uh, for Rojlik by by attack, abridging, and then going to the front, and then so that group, you know, couldn't fuck around anymore, and sort of leading them all out. It was a cascading effect, but I really think that Rojlik should send a watch to Morik. So, guys, do you think that it? I mean, obviously, it doesn't diminish the sort of like shame factor of it because had had Alaphilippe not gotten relegated not chopped down on on Hershey's wheel and done that he would have won the race and it, had he not been posted up too early but does the fact that he ultimately ended up getting relegated in the end anyway somewhat soften that in his mind as a no. racer Tom you're shaking your head no, no way, way. Right? the photo exists yeah. <laughs> there's so many memes that photo is just gonna go down in cycling history it doesn't matter nobody knows what place second third fourth fifth were it doesn't yeah. matter that he was it's relegated. an ego beat it's an ego beat down no matter what which way you slice <laughs> is, it right is that what yeah. double indemnity means is that I don't know what does yes. that mean? You know that from a legal term. Uh, uh, well, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, mm. No, double indemnity is. Uh, I'll get back to you on that one. All right. He that's can't be charged twice Gras, for right? that crime of a bike. No, that's double he jeopardy. He already suffered enough. <laughs> double jeopardy. That's double jeopardy. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. We we gotta we gotta move on from LBL because so much other Let's stuff has it. happened. I don't well, let's let's move on to the next the second race where Alaphilippe almost posted up too early, like literally the next day, almost did the same thing again, and this okay. time with Matthew Vanderpoel hot on his heels. Um, and I'll I'll just make that the segue and let you, Bodie, yeah. take it take it from there. I had, uh, th there's been so much racing, I forgot about that race, and in the time that you introduced this segment, I remembered that sprint, I, and also that race is a good finish right and i we talked about this last year when vanderpool won how it's just kind of up and down and cobbly and climbing and just like it just seems like a really good finish to a race way better than the finish to liege or liege um but in that race yeah so juju actually won vanderpool gets boxed in this is this and then Ghent is all sort of playing into this debate that maybe we get into now because this is more important than what happened in this race. The idea of Vanderpool and does he have any tactical sense or does he only win by brute force or is winning by brute force a tactic on itself? Tom, what do you think? Never had this conversation about Kenchalara. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? Same could be said for him. Same could be said for Filippo Ghana the other day. It's just like, I don't know. Didn't Gano get in the break though? I mean, he's winning from the break. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Toss it. Scratch that. I'm going to delete that. Who's Vanderpool? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. I don't like everybody. This is just the whole 
armchair cat three quarterback no offense to any actual cat threes out there but, but it's just like oh he's he's tactically deficient he races like an idiot blah, blah, blah. he's like he's literally the best fucking bike racer in the world just let him do his thing he's gonna win 150 bike races in his career and he's gonna lose some too but like the yeah. same the same attitude the same devil may care attitude towards attacking Mm. is going to win him a lot of races and it's going to lose him a lot of races and he's going to be one of the most famous people in cycling because of it. So, like, we just witnessed a loss because of it, right? Well, add to that question, though, I mean, is there also the thing, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are saying, I sound like Trump right now, uh, a lot of people are saying that uh, because the Peloton knows who he is now, you know they're they're more aware of him than they were at first, but I don't think that's a valid argument personally. So it's I, not gonna matter. Look at so the thing about Gant or not Gant, Babramsta uh, Pilja, the word I the, the the race I can never spell um, or pronounce <laughs> or pronounce yeah whatever BP BP. Mm-hmm. So he so he essentially gets boxed in. I mean whatever that things happen you make the mistake the heat of the moment i guess i guess what i'm saying is in situations like that i look at that and i think does he has he never been in that situation before because he's always used his brute force to just hammer people and win whereas someone who maybe is not that strong has to think a little tactically about things do you feel is that does there anything to that tom yeah i think that's pretty accurate but i think that's going to be a very short and steep curve sure where yeah he's, he's going to be in a lot of those situations coming up and he's going to adjust because he's the best bike race in the world far yeah right i think he definitely aren't. would have definitely learned something from that race um you know about uh, about how to play the the final or the sprint of a of us in that situation um you know I, but you know tom you're always the one that points out like you know every race is not just the last K of the race, right? It is everything that's led up to that. And, and all of the matches that you've burned and all of the energy that you've expended and the mental focus that you may have lost because, you know, you've raced 224 K before that final one K of a 225 K race. And, you know, Vanderpool and Alaphilippe to, to both of their credits. I mean, they animated the shit out of that race for, I mean, the final probably 60, 70 K of that race. I mean, they must've gone off the front together um, at least a half a dozen times. And boy, they made that race really exciting. And guys look at the end of the day, sure. Maybe he got boxed in a bit, but he got, he beat everybody in that race other than the world champion. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, yes. It well, seemed... no one cares about second. Well, right, but I'm just, you know, I'm Nobody just saying. Nobody cares about like... Sagan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just sick burns flying here. But I, I was really trying to make the point that, like, yeah, maybe next time he's in that situation. You know, to to anyone watching that, you're watching it and thinking to yourself, man, I've seen MVDP race a whole bunch. And it just seems like he could have won that race, right? I mean, we sort of all like will think to ourselves, like, yeah, that's kind of what it looked like—perfect spot. And and he just never really got around to opening it up. And by the time he did, he was kind of boxed in. Um, maybe it was a mistake. Maybe he was a little bit tired. Maybe he did everything he could, and he got beat by the world champion. Who knows? But um, he's definitely still a badass, and can't really take much away from that performance so no shame in getting beat by Philippe in a sprint remember Philippe took out former or then world champion Sagan on the line in San Remo so like he's kind of known for this he's yeah pretty spunky and quick and like yeah like you said there's no shame in losing to Philippe world champion and everybody wants to get on Vanderpool's case for racing like an idiot but that same brute strength aggression just won him a world tour stage race the other day by going in the attack 50 k's over the mirror heroes bergen just mm-hmm. all willy-nilly like that was a dumb move to go what two laps to go right and he uh, didn't attack just rode everybody off his wheel 
right. That was the dumbest tactical move ever, but it worked. And like some days it's going to work, some days it's not going to work. But well, and he's going to give us a generation of great riding and great. And the same forward. move worked the same for Phil Gill in Flanders, right? Over exactly. the Gerardsbergen with 50k to go. Well, and you know we can certainly all remember a number of occasions where guys like Tom Bonin and and uh, and Spartacus, you know. Uh, Cancellara went off the front, you know, it, w w at at a time that seemed a bit maybe premature, and you know, hey, sometimes that's the way you win bike races. Sagan, yeah, Sagan, you did it, Roubaix, yesterday. Like, I don't know, I don't have much hope for that move, but here we are. Sagan, but, but final point on the on the on uh, Alaphilippe's win, you know. He posted up a little bit early in that race again, <laughs> and and this time it was MVDP, and he knew that MVDP was there this time. He had no excuse. Uh, it wasn't like he didn't see him or had lost track of him. He knew he was sprinting against him, and man, he sure seemed to post up, um, not nearly as early as he did in, in, in Liège, but on the heels of having just done that and lost the race in Liège, you'd have to think like, there's no way he's going to do it again. And goddamn, if he didn't do it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking like, holy, what if he had lost that race to MVDP because he posted? That I mean, amazing. That so, would have been, <laughs> he would have had to retire. <laughs> yeah. So Tom, I just, Tom, I don't win crazy. a lot of bike, bike races, so I don't have that experience. So tell me, what is it? I, I mean, when you're when you're sprinting for the win, I mean, have you ever posted up early? Do you post up? Like, what? Tell me about well, that. Like, in, is there an instinct to post up? Like, put us in that mindset that what Al Philippe's yeah, doing. Tom, the three of I, us know nothing of yeah. posting up. Just, right. But, and just to make sure that everyone in the listening audience knows, we 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 don't. That's not a move we're familiar with. So I have posted up one lap too early. Oh. <laughs> <done> <laughs> That was, now, that was early days. But I remember seeing that I, in the Giro. I remember seeing somebody do that in the Giro once. That was pretty embarrassing. It, it, that, that, that's, that's one that happens, you know, not in, you know, not in, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, it happens often. You know, you see that one every now and again. Yeah, you know, once, once a season or so, you see somebody post up, you know, one lap early in a, in a circuit race. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't get the impulse to post up early. The only time I'm posting up is like, if there's nobody in my peripheral vision and I'm going so fast that there's no way that anybody could possibly overtake me in the distance. There's, you know, 10 meters to go and I'm going 65 Ks an hour and there's nobody in my peripheral vision. Then like, yeah, okay, I'm going to throw my hand up, but otherwise like just ride it through the line. It can't hurt. They're still going to get the photo. Yeah. It's just so stupid. Also, like, look, look under your arm. Turn your head a little bit. I, I well, think Demar, it's unforgivable. Demar certainly showed him what it like. What you need to do to be able to post up. He's won a few wow. Giro stages, pretty clean. Um, yeah. So fellow Frenchman could offer some tips uh, <laughs> and show him how it's done. So I mentioned Demar. Let's. There's a. There's a another stage race happening or sorry another grand tour happening right now the giro which is kind of there's so much racing right now it's hard to keep uh track of everything but let's Good. let's get to the giro because there's a lot of like fun stuff happening so number one we got to bring back a segment we haven't had in a while good old trash or panache so guys um ef dropped uh, a new kit for the giro a collaboration with palace which i had i mean this tells you how old i am and out of touch i am with the kids apparently a skateboard company something like supreme um I guess. they dropped a new kit uh for the giro uh be so because their kit is too close to the giro's pink 
Um, oh, why? Yeah, that's why. Wait, what uh, about they've Jumbo used it Visma before in the yellow of the tour? Yeah. I that was I the mean, reasoning. Apparently, that's the reasoning. I think it also generated a lot of buzz. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, so it was a smart thing to do. We also know that maybe there's some sponsorship troubles at EF. Oh, um, so maybe they're well, shopping no, around. EF owns the team now. Right. So, but I'm oh, sorry. The, so the owner then is having some troubles. They are a travel tutoring company. Yeah. So, and nobody's traveling. traveling. Right. So I guess, so let's get uh, a little trash panache going on here. Uh, Townsend. Sorry not. What do you go got? First? Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I'll answer this by saying um, that my initial reaction uh, to this kit when I saw an Instagram post about it or something um, was that I truly thought it was a terrible joke. <laughs> and I think Me too. one of you guys posted, is it? April Fool's Day or something like that was was your reaction to that it. was me that was yeah. Matt so yep. maybe Matt's hinting at, at, at what his pick is um, I, I'm going tr- trash um, I get I get the the idea of disruption you know and this was like this was like a fucking inception disruption right because the <laughs> EF kit itself was the original <laughs> disruptive kit so they disrupted the Peloton with the they original. They disrupted themselves. EF kit, right. and then they disrupted themselves exactly, Matt. And so, so it, it that like this disruption cancels out the disruption, and now it's just ruptive. It's not disruptive. <laughs> it's it ruptive. becomes rup. It becomes ruptive again. Whatever that is. Erupted. And it's Eddie Van Halen eruption. And and so yeah, I just rip too much going on. I'm just. You know, sometimes okay. things are cool because they're stupid, um, or sometimes things are like dynamic and 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 awesome because they're so you know ridiculous and and ugly. But like I don't I don't think this is it. I, I I'm 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 going you know. Okay, you're trashing it. Trash. Yeah. Tom, what do you got? Trash and also panache. I think okay. it's so so bad it's good. Okay, I hate, you, but you you have to pick but, one. You can't. Yeah, you there's can't, you, there's you can't straddle hear on me this out. one. Hear me out. My, my initial reaction to the kit was visceral. <laughs> I didn't did not like it. But then I got to thinking, like, okay, this isn't the first horrible kit in cycling history. Like, think of all the Cipollini skin suits for Christ's sake. Everybody's talking panache. about it. Like, it's just this. Yeah. Okay. So you say panache on a muscular skin suit of the yes. the awful like ornate yes. gold thing that I posted. So I think it's just like one of those things that over time is going to grow, and people are already crazy about. It. I think it's fugly as hell, but also cool in their winning stages. So like, good for them. I don't know. Matt. Right. So, uh, are you, so you're, you're wait wait you're, wait you're yeah yeah sorry yeah. Tom are you what are you trash or you panache you got to pick Tra- one trapanash. No. Yes, dude. You're going to get uh, okay. kicked off the podcast, dude. I'm, I'm taking trash for the next four years, and then on year five, it's panache. Okay, yeah. I'll accept yeah. that. Trash. So he's trash. We've got two trashes right now. Matt, what do you have? All right. For the kid itself, I'm saying trash. I think it's absolutely hideous. <laughs> I think for the marketing move, total panache. Total panache on the, on the, on the marketing. Brilliant move. Got so much buzz. Uh, even outside the cycling industry. This damn thing yeah. was selling for $500 on eBay, apparently, this jersey. Yeah. So just the the amount of press they got for it and everything, that's total panache. I think the kit's hideous. Uh, it's trash. But okay, it's, so and that, and I would say is... that's the same thing for Cheapo, right? Cheapo is, uh, it's about being an agent provocateur. And that that's, you know, success. <laughs> And you didn't well, we, know Fleshman Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That was, that was the ignorant American. All right, well, I'm going to have to panache this kit then. Um, I think it looks good in a terrible okay. way. And it's completely different than anything in the Peloton, obviously. 
and that is fun. And then they made the stupid duck helmets. Sort of love a, the duck helmet. Like poking fun of like the ridiculous aero equipment that like like mm. some of the ridiculous things that come in cycling in the cycling culture. And then like taking that ridiculous platform and making something fun out of it. So I give them panache all across the board. Um, you guys are obviously not as cool as me. Um, I may be a did not know what the hell palace was, but I used to skateboard. So obviously that makes me cooler. So good. All right. Hello, we, we, fellow youths. I, I, I will <laughs> say I like exactly. Exactly. I like the uh, I like the bike. I think they did a nice job with the uh, with the bike itself. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. Mm. So you're allowed to change your kit for one race in the year. Lotto's done it in the past. Yep. Uh, Ineos did it this year. So why? What's up with all the fines? Why aren't they allowed to do this? Apparently, they announced it. it too late. Okay. Yeah. And it and that was well, a they move applied. To not get it leaked. They applied that, too late, right? So they they got like four thousand Swiss francs fine from the uci yeah i mean but like but they 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 didn't want to leak it and it didn't leak at all it literally dropped on twitter and i didn't think it was real so is that, good job is that, yeah is that fine every day or was that a one-time thing one time i think it's got a one time yeah yeah i mean okay. you know you see you see jv was pretty smug on twitter about that you know? mm-hmm. um and <sighs> and they've had they've had a good they've had a good giro um i i can't think of the guy kaiseido yeah, Casado won yep. in his national champs jersey, yep. and then we had um, Guerrero win with a little uh, bit of a tidbit where Larry Warbus, uh, where sorry, Lucky Larry, our favorite on the podcast, called him an asshole uh, <laughs> for skipping skipping pulls in the break. Well, he said he rode um, like an asshole. Rode mm. like an asshole. Yes, he didn't actually outright call him an asshole. Or was uh, he disappointed riding like- that Larry swears? You know, I yeah. just thought like, Larry seems so <laughs> clean cut and so perfect, and I'm just like, was now... he was he was he maybe riding smart? No, <laughs> I hate that. Take your fucking pulls. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, Larry was on the front. Basically, Larry was taking uh, taking his pulls for him. I mean, they weren't, you know, stupid Larry. Yeah, they had. Yeah. They didn't have a. I mean, they had a big enough gap. They probably weren't going to get caught. But for a bit, you know, they didn't. They couldn't relax. I mean, they had a three-minute gap with, you know, still forty k's left. I mean, they needed to work. And yeah, I mean, he was not working. For everyone out there who's thinking like maybe I'll be a smart racer and skip my pulls, don't skip your pulls. Everybody fucking hates you. Just tap through. Stop breaking the rhythm. You don't have to do a boatload of work. You don't have to break yourself. Just tap through. Nobody will hate you. You did what mm. you could do. And then you could be the douchebag later and attack when you haven't really done any work. But skipping pools is such a bad look, and everyone hates you. You're the worst yeah. person in the world. All right. Lessons well, from Le Tom Tom. I'm going to have to say that. that yeah, Townsend, uh, put that in your bag because we might get to your agenda item um, for what, what you're up to later. So yeah. I want let's, let's talk about Sagan. Winning stage yesterday. Look, I I give Sagan a lot of shit on this podcast. I predicted in January he wouldn't win any races this year. It's now October, and he's he won a stage of the Giro. So like I almost made it. Like it almost was like a really good call. Like I almost like really could have like banked that prediction um, for the rest of my sports broadcasting career. Um, but good on Sags for winning. <laughs> Bodie, I, I knew that you said he wasn't going to win a race in 2020, but I thought you made that prediction in, like, August. I didn't realize you made that in January. That was prophetic. You were, That's right. pretty good. I was really – You, you just went like a... out on a limb, and you were like, Sagan's going to have a bad year. There's going to be a global <laughs> pandemic. Maybe the Giro in October. We'll see, but nah. So he I went to say that we saw some of the writing on the wall. I think he won one stage last year. Yeah, so it's over 400 my... days, 460 <laughs> days or something since Sagan's last win. I love those what... Cafe Roubaix posts. Is that where you got that from? Uh, no. Maybe, yeah. yeah Cafe that... Roubaix just like periodically posts like X days since everybody's <laughs> last win. It's like so-and-so, a thousand days. That's brutal. It's yeah. almost like the, you um, know, the no workplace injuries in so many days. And it's like, ah, yeah. we're back to zero. Sagan won again. 
So here, here's the thing about Sagan, and this is what kind of was, you know, Sagan had, had was kind of a marked man at some point. He became a marked man, and he became a writer who who sort of raced very defensively, and he's like, no one's going to work with me. I'm not doing anything. And he, he sort of really was on that side of, like, he was willing to lose bike races. Hmm. Um, and and he is, he's, he's been quoted as saying that, like, I'm here not to win but to put on a show. So in his mind... You know, that was, you know, that was part of the show. But he won in the Giro by being aggressive, right? Sort of sort of really taking the race head on. Um, so I think that maybe that is, a, like, maybe that's a way forward for Sagan. For does, the, does that sound for like the, somebody else we were talking about earlier? Yeah, Sagan. Yeah, Vanderpool. Yeah. I can't think of anybody. Oh, that guy. Mm. Let me, let me just... Role pause for a second to interject here because some people actually rely on this podcast for for you know actual reporting as to as to you know they, what happened they better you know? not because <laughs> well, like we're what, talking about liege i mean this well this what is i'm a hot saying is like, not everybody watches bike racing every day so it may be that people are now hearing that Sagan won a stage of the Giro, first time he's won a race in ever how many hundreds of days, and are thinking to themselves, oh, he, you know, he won a bunch sprint, or, you know, he finally got the, finally got the big win and, and, you know, beat, uh, you know, whomever, you know, in, in a, in a, in a heads up sprint. No, that's not what happened at all. He won a Giro stage looking more like Thomas DeHent than looking um, like Arnold DeMar, Arno DeMar, right? Right. I he mean, raced this aggressively, was, This was right? a classic Thomas DeHent style stage win. This was a lumpy stage, good bit of climbing, you know, several categorized climbs. Sagan gets himself out in, in an early break. Um, not the kind of break where everybody who's in it, um, has you know nothing to race for and so the peloton just lets them get you know 12 minutes and then they just kind of chill out and figure out how they're going to race each other you know in the final this was a break that at one point almost got caught uh and 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 sagan and and his and his break partners um kicked it up a notch and 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 put the gap back out the gap never got more than I don't know, three, four, maybe five minutes or something at one point. I, I, I but anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. I'm probably getting too deep into the weeds. But the point is, it was not like a relaxed yes. break. He was working all day. He was, was a- racing aggressively, right? He's taking the race head on. He was making oh. his luck. He was he was the one who was deciding who was going to win that stage. That's what I'm saying. Like that's how he hasn't yeah. raced. This is yeah. how he should race. I don't and have a then, table to slam on, but I'm slamming on the table right now. And that's the point. The best bike, best bike racers in the world make their own luck. And like yeah. people call it dumb racing, but it's not dumb racing. It's taking the race by the horns and just having your way with it. Well, I mean, I think sometimes, sometimes there's a good time to do it. And sometimes there's no. a bad time. No, no, <laughs> it's always a good time or a bad time. It's Schrodinger's cat. Like if it works, it was a bad or it was a good time. And if it doesn't work, it was a bad time. But like you never know until you try. If Cancellara gets caught in 2010 Roubaix, five Ks from the line, that was the dumbest move in history. But right. because he didn't get caught, it's one of the most famous wins in history. So like every move is good, every move is bad. It just depends if it works. Well, well the one thing I mean, the one thing you gotta say is in you know, in all of those moves, you know, win, lose, or draw it takes a badass to do all that because I mean, it wasn't just like, you know, Sagan was like, okay, I'm going to just completely like throw myself at this and like blow myself up on this and hope that, you know, none of the rest of these guys have enough. He just pretty methodically just dropped people all day, just continued to make big efforts. He had, you know, you, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's like, you got to have the legs to back it up when you, when you do that. And, 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 to his credit, he did every time, you know. Man, I can't wait until he starts mountain bike racing. <laughs> um, so the other big news coming out of the Giro is the fact that we have had two teams, um, you know, snap back to reality here, uh, uh, leave the race because of COVID. 
Um, we had Simon Yates tested positive, Kreuzwick at Jumbo Visma, Jumbo Visma, Visma, um, Bling Matthews. So both Mitchelton and Jumbo left the race um, yesterday, I believe. So I mean, you know, we've bike racing has provided a little bit of a reprieve in a certain sense from kind of what's going on the pandemic, but obviously. You know, in Europe, things are getting worse as cases are getting higher. We're seeing restrictions and lockdowns happening. So one of the questions is, is the Giro going to f- even finish? And, like, here we are. Like, you know, one of the things we don't quite know about COVID is the long-term effects. And we're, we're getting some information about folks who've got it and recovered, sort of, but are still feeling things. And you, you just got to think about athlete, endurance athletes who, who <laughs> rely on their lungs um, you know, what's going to happen? Like, I don't know. Like, is this race going to finish? What do you guys think? How are you feeling about it? I think it's going to finish. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just going to be stubborn about it and just like plow ahead. I don't think the Volta should go though. Right. And that's starting Tuesday next week. Soon. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Really soon. It's yeah, short, it slightly shorter, right? But it does start next week. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 it kind of like was of a stark contrast to just the madhouse of bike race that's happened. Um, I did see that Bling Matthews did test negative again, so maybe I guess it was a false positive then, or maybe he got a false negative. I don't know. This shit is so like, <laughs> yeah, just crazy. Yeah, yeah, we really just kind of still at this point. Um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm actually really not. I'm unsure we're gonna have road racing in the spring. I mean, we know the Tour Down Under has canceled. Um, you know, like I, this is not just the calendar is not gonna turn 2021, and things aren't just gonna magically go away. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what teams and and uh, organizers do. Well, I hope I hope the Giro at least gets exciting on from a GC perspective before it winds up getting canceled. <laughs> right? It is it a GC canceled. race? Is this just or is just like a sprinter's stage race? It's an Arno the Giro is kind of Giro is kind of always this way though. They 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 they. It's not like the Tour de France where they sort of have you know a couple big a couple mountain segments and they sort of you know mountain sections. It's always backloaded with in terms of the in terms of the big mountains. Am I right, Matt? I guess I could be wrong about that. It, you it could feels be. like it's always a, a you slow could be wrong. I mean, I'm thinking two years ago when Simon Yates was just smashing everybody the first couple of weeks in the Giro, and then had a massive collapse at the end, and uh, and Froome, you know, had his insane 40k solo ride. You know, good move or bad move. That was a terrible move, obviously. That was a stupid move. <laughs> you should never do that. No. Idiot move. Was attack on a no, downhill? Okay, first of all. He attacked on a downhill. No, he did attack on the climb. 80 Ks from the finish. He like the last him. five meters of the climb. It was a dumb move. Chris move Chris Froome is a dumb, dumb bike racer. <laughs> Come on, no. He was not a dumb move. Dumb because move. He, he wasn't he wasn't leading the race. He was behind Neither two was minutes. It was a hail mary. He so, exactly, he needed a hail mary. So sometimes you put the, when you've got the skill and the talent, you can do you can. some dumb moves. Chris Froome is tactically deficient. He's a bad, <laughs> bad bike racer. Nobody can convince me otherwise. I missed this point purposely. <laughs> hey guys, twenty. You should get 20. on Twitter. You and Adam Myerson should really just like. I mean, you've yeah. had a, you've had your conversation once. Had our so, okay. Hey guys, 2020, 2020 is calling, and it wants us to talk about bike racing that's happening this year. Not, no, 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 uh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Side, side note. Bodhi's Will stage 18 of the Giro in which Chris Froome does the stupid, dumb 80 kilometer attack on a gravel climb to win this year. Will he be remembered? Will that be the one thing he's most remembered for? And should it be? I don't think so. No, I think the no. thing he'll most be remembered for is his multiple Tour de France victories. I think he'll most be remembered, be remembered for most for his 2000 10 win at the Vuelta after Kobo was disqualified. 
like five years later. That's that's his crowning achievement. I don't know. I think it's the Commonwealth Games time trial where he came <laughs> off the ramp and crashed straight into the official. <laughs> okay, back to back oh, to twenty twenty. Um, yes, yeah, so we have Joie Almeida in pink uh, since stage what three? Yeah, um, yeah, guys. Uh, Guys, had your money on 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 Joie Almeida? Never heard of him. Uh, in pink, yeah. Any seriously, anybody ever hear of him before this year's year? Yes, yeah, yes. I couldn't I pronounce his name. Him. Yeah, Is I've heard Joie? of him. I, I don't. I mean, like, I guess he was on. He was on Action. I mean, I, I think I vaguely remember his name. Um, All right. Well, I, I don't mean yeah. vaguely. I was I was into him before he got I mean, big, like, and then now oh I just kind of you like I you was dug his first, you dug his he first was, album. He was on a Palace skateboard graphic. Jesus. Okay. He sold anyway, out, guys. Yeah, he was like on yeah. a Wait. small indie indie skateboard company, and then now he's just gone. Yeah, he sold out. Uh, but but he's holding his own. I mean, he actually is riding hard with with the big GC contenders. There hasn't really been much much of a battle in the GC, but there have been guys that have lost time, and there has been a group of GC favorites that have mostly stuck together. Um, but they've stuck together riding hard in a select group on the you know on the front of the race at times and and almeida has been there with them and um and just yesterday when uh, the, the stage that sagan won um or may, actually no there was another it's been another stage since then hasn't there that was a stage today but it, it was yesterday's stage mm-hmm. um where he was uh, there was a threat of him losing some time to Peo Bilbao, who had go- gone out in, in, in a break and, and tried to bridge up to Sagan. Um, Almeida was having none of it and 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 chased it pretty much chased it back and and sprinted at the end to finish third in the stage that Sagan won to get some bonus points. So he actually increased his lead over the other GC favorites. But so, but like we're talking uh, about GC favorites, who who's left? Wilco Kelderman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, right. and Pozzavivo, <laughs> and Domenico Pozzavivo, the diminutive Remco uh, from the, the top diminutive <laughs> Italian is you can't you can't say Domenico Pozzavivo without saying the diminutive Italian. Speaking of Remco, name. apparently reported on the Cycling Podcast, he is interested in riding the Volta. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> Which seems just just don't like just stop. Why? Just, Rest, like fix your body, let your body heal. That's like, what drugs are for. Oh god. Pre- prescribe drugs. Come on, Bodie. <laughs> oh no, no. Only time uh, yeah, so that, all so wounds. man, somebody somebody's gonna win the Giro and it's gonna be I mean, if it's not if it's not Nibali, it's gonna be like, Jai Hendley. That's my pick. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be somebody like who you would never expect to to, to Arno DeMar. On tour. <laughs> Um, you know who's gonna win the Giro? Ilner Zacharin. No. What? <laughs> the what doping do junior. I feel like he's he's in twelfth place right now. He's only two and a half minutes back. Everybody else is gonna get COVID and and also just like, you know, have bad legs and he's gonna rise to the top. So All right, well I'm, I'm gonna I'm picking legitimate pick. I'm picking Peo Bilbao. I think Peo Bilbao wins the Giro d'Italia. No way. He just did the tour. You can't do it. You know. Sorry. Why not? I I, I don't see it. How okay. far back is well, Fultang now? Fultang lost is, a bunch of time. He did lose lost a bunch of time 11th. the other day. Eleventh, right? Now? Like a minute. A minute? Yeah. Two twenty. That's nothing. Yeah, he lost a minute. He flatted. Yeah. Flatted yeah. right when the that. race was heating up, if, and he and he. If uh, the Stelvio is open. Full Sang's gonna win. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing with Giro. Like the mountain passes are all getting snow, and like I mean, it's it's October. Well, they're getting hey. snow in May when they have it, so it's either it's one end or True. the other, right? <laughs> they just need to have that in the summer. Yeah, they really do. Uh, side tangent: mm-hmm. the Groovers posted some pictures today of the Tour of Flanders recon. And it looks beautiful with like fall leaves on the Molenberg and the Koppenberg. And it's just like, this is going to produce some pretty wild imagery, I think, because a lot of that is just sort of tree covered and narrow cow paths. And we're so used to seeing photos look a specific way, sort of like 
dead pre-life spring, mm. but now it's sort of dying life from summer. And it's, I, I was really stoked on the pictures. I, I normally don't have a reaction, but I was like, holy shit, that looks awesome. So yeah, well, Tom, side well, yeah hopefully Flanders is no, going to happen. Let's, let's move into the, the rest of the classics because yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw a, uh, I looked at a cycling tips post and I shared it on Twitter of the Ghent photos and those are awesome. And now I'm realizing why they were so awesome is because there were fall colored leaves in the shot. And I never yeah. like, I didn't make that connection. And that is a cool thing to see. And like, yeah, so we had, we had Ghent Wegelman. Um, we sort of talked a little bit about that finish, about the Wout and Vanderpool beef guys. Where do you land on that? Um, is, was <laughs> Tom is bored with this? Yeah. Is he, Dude, he I think that was um, like so much ado about nothing. Like what beef? I'm so bored of people just hating on Vanderpool for doing his job. <laughs> no one I, likes so, a welder, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me ask you guys. I this. don't know what that maybe term I'm, means. Maybe I missed this. Can you explain that when for you the people weld that don't shit know what back to Palace Skateboards is? Oh, I gotcha. When you weld every move yeah. back, you're okay. the welder. Oh, so okay. the reason why Wout was pissed, because if you watch it, uh, Vanderpool closes down every move of Wout, and then he can't pull through when Wout does one more pull to try to get themselves back up to the front group who escaped, um, which I don't blame Vanderpool for doing that. Like, why wouldn't he? I have a question. Tom, let's, let's, let's throw it to Tom first. Okay. Townsend, what's your question? My question is, did Wout express yes. anger and frustration yes, about did. this? Did he yeah. say he did. Matthew he did. Vanderpoel was Wout a dick? Said, Wout yeah, said, he literally quote, said. Matthew would rather me lose than him win. And I will say, Wout is completely entitled to say that. I would say the same shit in his position. Everybody would. I would be super pissed if Matthew Vanderpool was covering my moves and my moves alone. However, who are the favorites? Name them, Wout. two of them. Name two. Wout, Matthew Vanderpool. Okay, Wout and Matthew, right? Those are the two favorites. Everybody agrees on it. They're a man defense. They're a man defense. Like if Wout moves, Vanderpool covers. If Vanderpool moves, Wout covers. That's the Ooh, way it's like going it. to be. Everybody yeah. else everybody else in that group is sort of co-responsible for everybody else. But Matthew's responsible for Wout. Wout is responsible for Matthew, the two best bike racers in the world. Matthew was having a bad day. You could see it. He was not looking good. He was a little bit tired and a bad day to him. He still rips our fucking heads off, right? But he's one or 2% off. And so he can't physically attack. We know that he wants to go on the attack. He will always pull through. He will ride himself into a barrel and bury himself 100 feet under the ground. That's just the way Matthew Vanderpool is. The fact that he didn't pull through lets us know that he physically could not. However, his man was still Wout. When Wout goes on the attack, if Vanderpool doesn't close it down right then and burn all of his legs, Wout is gone. Wout wins the race. Matthew has to do it. He kills himself to do it, but then he can't pull through. He can't counterattack. And so from our position here, it looks like, oh, my God, he hates Walt Van Aert. There's some beef there. He's covering all of his moves, but he's not contributing. He wants Walt to lose. He would rather see Mads win. It is not that. He's just covering his man because that's his job. Because if he doesn't, then 100% Walt wins and Matthew loses. If he covers Walt, maybe it goes to a small bunch sprint. And he has some luck because, as we know, if you're a sprinter, you can always sprint, doesn't matter how bad your legs are. Case so that's closed. what he's hoping for. Okay, got it. Solved. Well, Tom? I, I want to say Wout. something else from Welt's perspective because, <laughs> like, if you freeze the race with whatever, a K or, or you know, a little bit more than a K to go, you got, you got two guys um, off the front. You got a third guy uh, bridging up to to get to him which he ultimately makes it up there but at, at at this point it's two off the front one guy trying to bridge and Wout looking around for some help to cover that move right okay we're all we're all together on that he's yep. looking at Vanderpoel you mm -hmm. know he's looking at Degenkolb what does Degenkolb do Degenkolb literally looks at him shakes his head and you can see him say no I'm not covering it um at that point, Mass Pedersen is still with that with that group. You know, if Welts looking for some somebody to cover the move, well, who who ends up doing it? Mass Pedersen does. He goes from that group, and Welt doesn't go with him. 
you know, I don't know if, if, if mass just surprised that, you know, that, that whole crew and maybe Wout couldn't go with him. There is also the theory that both Wout and MVDP were just tired at that point. Right. I mean, I mean, you mentioned that Tom, that, that, MVDP was, you know, was tired, but if Wout was looking for someone to weld the gap together, he could have, if he'd had the legs, he could have tried to jump on Pedersen's wheel and ridden it up to that group. And of course that ended up being the winning move for Pedersen. He, not only did he cover, but he actually got to the, he got to the front and ended up winning the race. And meanwhile, you know, Wout sat back there staring at, at MVDP. So I think, I think Wout, would have got had some help there available uh, from from other people and and either wasn't able to or just missed the opportunity to uh, to take the help. I think at that point, Watt was just in full fuck you mode to Matthew, and he's like, you know what, yeah, fine. Like if you're gonna cover yeah. me, like Mads can go and he can win the race. Yeah, well, that's that's Walt's fault. That's well, not that's not MBDP doing that to him. That's, I, that's, that's Walt being a priss. I don't think that's him being a priss. I don't think it's him it's his fault both mvdp and wafanar know they're going to win 100 bike races minimum in their pro career and to win that many races you have to demonstrate that you're willing to lose because if you demonstrate that you're not willing to lose and you will do all the work mm -hmm. then you're going to get beat a lot if Wout does all the work then matthew vanderpool wins in the sprint and then he's screwed right you have to say like fine fuck it i'll be eighth i don't care all right that's I the only you. way i like you can I'll actually i like that take i like work. that take so guys, we're we're coming up an hour and I think let's just wrap this up with some the last well there's I guess there's a few more classes maybe 3 days to pan which is one day race is maybe the last classic race. Perry Roubaix is, is canceled. Bruges Brugge de Pan is the last <laughs> race is it Brugge? Tom is that right? B R U G G E Brugge Brugge I don't yeah. Brugge I, don't de pan. I, say, I say Bruges. Is that Bruges? More importantly, Flanders okay. is this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Flanders this weekend. We hope. We hope. Looks like it's happening. We're recording on a Wednesday. I think it's going to happen. You know, one more chance for us for a, a Wout and uh, Vanderpool head-to-head. -head. Just side note, Wout has beaten Vanderpool every time they've lined together in a road race. He hasn't actually won any race where Vanderpool's been in it, but uh, he's he's finished in front of him. So, who do y'all got for Flanders? I'll just Give pick Wout. I'm going to pick Wout. Okay. I think the Belgian wins the biggest Belgian race in the world. Can I pick In Remco the year of the Wout, it would be awesome. <laughs> What'd you say, Tom? Sorry. I said, I said, can I pick Remco from the top rope? <laughs> Tagging uh, in. I'm going to go with Mads. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some playing about, and I think Mads is going to grab the bulls by the horn and go in an awfully stupid attack, a tactically deficient, poor attack that doesn't make any sense. He never should have done. It's going to be so stupid, but he's going to win. Okay. I, All right. We got Wow. We got Mass. I I think Vanderpool doesn't give a shit about these midweek races, uh, but he does want to win Flanders like his dad did, and it's going to be it's going to be uh, Vanderpool. He doesn't give well. I guess. What was the race that he did? What race did he attack from sixty k out? For Bonsapel. Okay, so that was a Saturday race, and then he was tired for getting Wagglebone. Yeah, but uh, it's normally a Wednesday race, I think. Okay. All right. Well, my pick. I mean, you know what? I'm not gonna pick Wout. I want to pick Wout. Year of Wout. Um, quickly, I'm trying to pull up the start list. You go for Cavendish. I'm going to make... Seps here. <laughs> I'm picking... Soren Craig Anderson. Ugh, that would be awful. <laughs> Year of Sunweb. Well, Mark Hershey's not in the race. That's weird. No, it's not. Uh, yeah. it was weird. He's, he stopped after Liege. Yeah. Okay. Tom, you got one last one last piece. Yeah, so Cav uh, is trash, right? He's not any good. I'm sorry, bud. Um, he's crying after Gent Wovelgum. Going to be my last race. He does Skelter Price. Anyway, he hasn't been good for a long, long time. Right. And so I personally, and I think a lot of us have, have forgotten how freaking good Mark Cavendish was in his prime. I saw a video the other day when he it was still high road and he had 
Bernie Eisel with him, mm-hmm. sort of navigating this mess of a Tour de France finish. And he pops into the wind with like 200 meters to go or something. And he sprints the last 200 meters like I would sprint against like cat fives. Like he's looking over his shoulder, sort of half-hearted, not even really tucked, just sort of like bah, 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 celebrate. And I was like, what the f-? Like I totally forgot how fast he was. And I think we need to take a second at the end of Mark Cavendish's career, not remember him as he is, remember him as he was, because I've never seen that shit from anybody else. Yeah, he was like the best five sprinters that there are right now, all wrapped into one person. Yeah, I I, I would say I think Cav was the the best sprinter of the modern era that we've seen. I mean, he's the best Tour de France sprinter I would think ever. Really, the doesn't only... that put him ever? What's then? that? Does that put you him down of as the ever? modern era? I guess so. Um, probably. You know, I think he definitely benefited from. You look at High Road, and and that team was just completely built around him. You know, it yeah. was it was totally built around him. But you got to finish the job, and he was eminently able to do that. The thing is, he's not like a Sagan, right? He's a one trick pony, and that that trick, he can't do that trick as as well as everybody else anymore. He there's there's other younger guys that that can do it now, and it probably is time to you know to to go back to the barn or whatever, you know, uh, he's, he's like, shoot him, <laughs> put him out to stud, like the glue, like just the, put him out the glue to stud, factory, you know, I mean, you don't take a oh, horse man. like that and shoot it. You know, you, you, uh, that's, yeah, you make some he's money, gonna right? sire other great sprinters. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So you're saying he should have kids. He does have kids. He has kids. He, he already does. does kids. Yeah. Okay. Well, so he's already taken that advice. So he's, yeah. So we're, we're well on the way. One more thing, though. It's interesting that somebody who is as prolific a winner as he is, like we get the idea of sprinters as being these big egos and like when they can't win anymore, they're done. He's just getting shellacked. Like he got dropped from the Skelter Price break today, which is mm-hmm. flatter than flat. That's kind of embarrassing. Sorry, Mark. But he still wants to race. So he just like loves it. Yeah. And like you can't fault somebody for just loving bike racing and wanting to be a part of it. Like, I'm sure he doesn't love that he's not winning races anymore, but if he still wants to be there, I don't know. There's a lot of shitty bike racers who are going to yeah, well, Tom, to your, to your one point, of those. If, if, he'd have, if he'd have been the, the sprinter that he was, you know, seven, eight years ago, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have even bothered trying to get in the break at Shell Dupree. Well, sure. He would have just, you know, sat back and waited for the thing to get knitted back together. And, 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 but he loves racing. So he should come to the States and race from automatic. I need I you know what I could pay him exactly zero (laughs) dollars but I would drive him in a van from Georgia to San Rafael and all over the country I'll do it Mark come race for automatic so you would pay him exactly what a world world tour team would pay him next exactly yeah yeah and he could win (laughs) races when you put it that way I will buy him hamburgers and beers after every race Personally. Does anybody have Mark Cavendish's contact info? <laughs> right. I mean, this would be an amazing movie. I will actually make this movie. I mean, look, Mark, you come to the States. You'll get a little bit of American culture. You can trash talk all the Americans. You can take their lunch and we'll buy you lunch and you'll probably earn, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Uh, yeah. Racing some crits. So we could scrap together 20K. <laughs> And some free burgers. I don't think it'd be that too hard to find him. I mean, there's only like about 200 people that live on the Isle of Man. So, yeah. (laughs) That's true. Let's go. All right. This is great. Well, we completely avoided, (laughs) and I guess we'll have to record next week, talking about Tom, who's going to do Everstein, and I'm going to film it. And it's going to be a thing. And I have some other ideas about it to make it, you know, a a good thing for everybody. So, let's... uh, Tom, why don't you start start the sign offs? Uh, this is I don't I don't have a nickname now. Late I'm not Tom French Tom. anymore. I'm not French anymore, Bodie. One time, <laughs> just give it to us once. Uh, au revoir. I am Lay Tom Tom Vandergibbon. <laughs> Julian Alaphilippe is dead to me. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this is uh, this is the T Bone, and um, you know. I 
watched a cyclocross race last weekend and it was really boring and pathetic and i hope cross isn't dead <laughs> and uh this is a cheerio and i just hope that we are gonna have namur this year i don't care about any other cross races i just want namur and this is the Bodie Bodie saying if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send them to yayuride at gmail.com. And I actually recorded a podcast yesterday about this weekend's cross races. And we found a little bit more to chew on than that. So look for that soon. Uh, and good night. Podcast was more exciting than that fucking race.